0: Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of Who I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast that is going to help you figure out who actually needs to be on your guest list. This is a part of a two-part series that we're starting called Cut It, where basically as you are navigating wedding planning, you know there's usually two things that you realize that you need to cut back on, right? More than likely, it's either your guest list or it's your budget. Sometimes it's both. But for this episode, we are going to be diving into all the things that we really need to do, consider, and just think about when it comes to trimming our guest list and being very intentional about the people that we have at our wedding, because you don't want to look back at those pictures and be like... Now, why was she there? <laughs> so with that being said, we have a very wonderful and special, special guest with us today. Guess, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Tania. Hi, listeners. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my name is Allison Davis, and my company is called Davis Row. I'm a planner and designer of destination weddings and experiences, and I love talking about cutting the guest list. I was just talking about this actually on a call yesterday with (laughs) new clients. So this is definitely something that comes up all the time Mm -hmm. and it is very hard to work through without a little bit of coaching. So I'm excited to kind of give a little bit of insider commentary to, to help make this easier.
0: Thank you, and we're so happy to have you. Pretty sure the girls will be taking notes.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, when, when we were planning our wedding, the guest list was like the main thing, like the, like one of the very first things that we talked about. And so I'm very very excited about this conversation because, like Ashley said, the girls will be taking notes because the guest list is very important. Allison,
0: before we dive fully into this, we want our listeners to get to know you a little bit, so. Where are you based? Even though you say you do destination weddings, but where's home?
1: Home is Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I moved here in 2020, right after the pandemic started, which not really something I would recommend anyone do. It was really difficult and scary. Uh, I lived in New York for about 15 years, and I wanted to be closer to my family. Everybody's down here in this area, and I wanted to have more space. And I wanted my life to be easier. Living mm-hmm. in New York is just difficult. Everything requires like a baseline level of effort mm. that is not required in <laughs> smaller cities, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I came down here. I got an apartment with a bedroom, which is like unheard of in New York for less than two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and I got a dog. I have a car. Like, I can go places without. Someone else being in the car with me, which was the norm in New York. Like, mm-hmm. anytime I went anywhere in a car, somebody else was driving it because it was a Uber. So being in the car alone is is something that I had taken for granted, wow. and I never will again. <laughs> Well welcome back to the south. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm actually from New Jersey. Oh just kidding. (laughs) No 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 you'll hear it you'll hear my accent come out like as we get to talking. Um, I grew up in New Jersey but my entire family is in the south so it does feel like home in a sense like this is this is where we are this is where I grew up coming every year multiple times a year like family reunions the whole night so it feels like home well, well nice
0: yes charlotte's charlotte, not that far from us
1: yeah and i want to say charlotte is like like if you move
2: anywhere like if you move from atlanta because you know everyone's coming to atlanta but like if you move from atlanta you either go to like charlotte or houston or yeah,
0: nashville is starting to become a place too that i'm hearing about yeah. only because of the people i work with
2: <laughs> so yeah welcome
1: Thank welcome you. welcome thank <laughs> you yeah Atlanta's definitely close and that's another thing about the culture here that I like is that you can drive and be in so many different places so quickly
2: mm-hmm.
1: like New Jersey where I'm from you can drive for three hours and still be in New Jersey you know I mean you can yeah. get to Pennsylvania but it's still gonna look like New Jersey mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you drive three <laughs> hours out of New York City you're like barely even halfway through the state so like Yeah, driving to other cities was not really a thing Mm -hmm. there unless you're going to New York or Philly. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: But down here, like you can drive to Atlanta, you can drive to Charleston. There's just there's so much more going on. And people are also way more likely to do like five, six hour road trips here, which is like not really a thing in in the north because you drive five or six hours and you're just like in the middle of nowhere for the most part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless you go to Boston, but then you're in Boston. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) Full shade intended. um (laughs) i was in new york for a long time i don't really have anything nice to say about boston (laughs)
0: one more question um so how'd you get into like your line of work like you you're in weddings and you are a planner so how did you get there
1: (laughs) yeah so i i worked in the music industry for a while and that's what i thought i was going to do forever i decided i wanted to do it when i was in high school. I chose where I went to college based on that. I interned all through college. I was like, I'm going to work in the music industry. And the thing that drew me to the music industry was going to see concerts and live music and tours. Like that was really interesting to me. And I just thought it was so cool, especially like date me very quickly, but going to see like boy band tours. I just thought it was so cool that like they come in with like several gigantic trucks full of equipment like hundreds of people on a team and they build an entire production and then they take it all down and they take it with them to the next city. You know, Mm. I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I got into the music industry. I did that for a while and then it started to become a tech industry pretty quickly like when spotify this is again I'm gonna date me when spotify was coming to the u.s because it started in europe mm-hmm. um everybody that i worked with was trying to get in the door in it spotify rhapsody which is not a thing anymore i don't think but like oh, pandora yeah. like all of those companies and brands and they really wanted to do like tech industry stuff and If I had done that, I probably would have a lot of money, but I didn't want to be in front of a computer. I didn't want to work for a tech company. I still wanted to work with people. And so I wrote in my journal, I talked to my therapist, I did some like informational interviews. I talked to friends that did things that I thought were interesting. And finally I made the connection between live events and the music industry and concerts and touring that I had been like wanting to figure out and just couldn't so of course i started looking into live events more and the first thing i said to myself was i'm never doing weddings like i used to watch bridezilla (laughs) and (laughs) see i love reality tv and so i would see like the wedding episodes of reality shows i'm like i'm never doing that that's like a nightmare why would you even want to sign yourself up for that kind of Pain and suffering. Right. And I <laughs> first I worked at a consulting firm, but did events in house there, and then I started doing events at a full service catering company. So we would have clients come to us with like nothing but an idea sometimes, mm-hmm. and we would do like a little cocktail party in your apartment if you wanted to, but we would also do like a barbecue on your private property for five thousand people. So mm-hmm. we would do weddings too. We did weddings. We did nonprofit outs. We did everything. So. The first wedding I did, my boss is out of town. She was like, you'll be great. And I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> no, I'm scared. And it was madness, but I loved it. I had never met these people before. I'm <laughs> standing there crying at the ceremony. I'm like right by the dance floor for the first dance. Like, oh, this is so beautiful. I had the best time. Oh, so goodness. then I started telling everybody on my team because there was a huge team of us like executing events. And I was like, look, I know you guys don't like doing weddings. I love it. So I'll trade you. If you want to do my nonprofit dinners, if you want to do my corporate holiday parties, take it just do it I'll take all of your weddings so then I became the person that would take anybody's wedding do anybody's wedding because they hated it they're like gotta stay here with these people for a whole year and go back and forth with them and what kind of orders they want like who cares just pick I'm like no this is important this, this is important all these details matter they like they don't matter anyway so then I realized that that that's not normal most people do not get that kind of gratification right <laughs> weddings and so um I started like doing a little more dabbling and like going all in when the client didn't have a planner and they leaned on us to do a lot more of the planning, getting into like education, like figuring out how it worked. And then I kind of jumped out on my own and started my own thing in 2017. And it has been immensely gratifying and fulfilling to be able to do this. And like be part of something that's so important for my clients and their guests. And it, it's such an honor, it's such a privilege for people to look at you and say, like, I trust you. I know that you're going to lead me in the right direction. I know you're going to make this amazing. It's a lot of pressure, but I think you got this. It's going to be fabulous. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, it's incredible. So I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else. I think I was listening to a previous episode where y'all were talking about how a lot of people left the wedding industry. And that is 100% true. A lot of people left when COVID hit and the whole industry shut down. A lot of people were like, "Why, why am I even here? Like, I don't even like it that much. Like, let me go do something else that's actually happening right now. I think those of us that stayed were able to stay It's because we're crazy (laughs) because we actually really love it and we're willing to do anything to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's I think that was definitely like a turning point for the industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had to do other things for a while, move in with your parents, that kind of thing. But yeah. The people that are still kicking and who keep coming back to do this work, we do it because we really, 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 really love it. And we get so much meaning from it. And we know how much it means to our clients. I love that.
0: You need good people on your team because you really do like. There's so many little details to a wedding that yes. the average person does not consider. And they mm-hmm. mean so much to the people that are getting married. No mm-hmm. one else could care. No one mm-hmm. else could even see the significance. And like, no. that's the reason why the utensils are that color. Or right. the colors were this, you know, like, it's yeah. pulled from a moment or, you know, it's honoring a family member is. There's so many, you know, little details that have so much meaning. So I love that you are so passionate and love this space because we need more of that. And I think because by large, people are usually dismissive when it comes to weddings. That is the hill I will die on. But again, that's not what we're here to talk about today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then also like just to add to that there are Mm -hmm. so many details that mean so much to people Mm -hmm. that tell a story it all comes together in that moment whereas leading up to it's a lot of like tiny decisions that seem like they don't mean anything and a lot of my clients a lot of our clients come to us and say like we don't really know how to do any of this and we also Mm -hmm. don't have opinions about a lot of this we just want it to be a good time and they really lean on the team to help them make the tiny decisions that they either don't really want to get into, or they just want to have someone else's guidance. So like the utensils, for example, like mm-hmm. you can go to a rental company and look at all the sets of utensils. They have to have like 15 different types and they're like all just slightly different. And for somebody who's not really into that, it's like, okay, we'll just, I just want the ones that are functional and like weird. right? Right. But then like, I'm looking at it from a design perspective and I'm like, well, let's get the ones that are really ornate because you have this like storybook fairy tale vibe going and it would make sense for you to have those. But if you're doing like a very modern wedding, let's get the ones that have like the squared ends because that fits in with the overall story. Like my clients don't, they're not, thinking about that because they don't really have time usually. And that's part of why you hire a team that is going to go all in on those tiny details. Mm -hmm. Um, People who really do think the details matter. And like you said, that's why you really do need a team of people that care so deeply about this work because they, we don't want anything fall through the cracks. (laughs)
0: For sure. we care
1: about all of it
0: i love that <laughs> i love that so much yeah i could i could really just sit here and discuss <laughs> for like another 30 minutes but i will move us along to um everyone's favorite segment of the show which is this or that it's like the instagram game yes between one option or the other and explain why so allison because you are our very special guest you will go <laughs> first Then to Mia, then it'll circle back around and we're going to do a quick two rounds and then we'll dive all the way into our conversation. So, to start, think of this from the guest perspective. Okay. What would you rather see or receive at someone else's wedding? A handwritten letter to each guest. Mm -hmm. So, it's like not the Personal same letter practice. to everybody. Like okay. every single person will receive a, a letter, um, mm-hmm. whether they're a plus one or not. Or would you prefer a portrait station? So this is different from a selfie station where there's actually like mm-hmm. a standing photographer mm-hmm. that is capturing you, whether it's you, the people you came with, the couple, whomever as many photos as you want, but there is this area framed, beautifully designed for you to take a picture that you could print, hang out, you know, like put in your home, um, or just share online if you want. So, and that was actually inspired by someone. So if you're listening, no, <laughs> it she was. I'm talking about you, Ashley, but anyway, um,
1: <laughs> so actually trying to choose which one to do. I'm sorry. was actually trying to choose which one Oh, no, no, no. She, you had she had this beautiful portrait me. station
0: at her me. wedding. And okay, she had like a selfie or like a photo booth or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and then, of course, just like a regular photographer. Beautiful mm-hmm. wedding in Cincinnati uh, back in May. So anyway. So as a guess, which one would you prefer and why?
1: Portraits. Okay. Portrait station. I have been trying to get the right couple to pick up this idea for ages because I am obsessed with the vanity fair portrait studio
0: Mm.
1: um, that they do at the Oscars. Mm I just, I just think it's so amazing. (laughs) Like I think in general, I feel like, especially in the black community, we don't really take a lot of professional photos. Um, Right. Whereas I think that's something that's much more common in other cultures. They get dressed up, they go to a portrait studio, or they bring the same photographer back every year to, like, the family gathering, and they get the big family portrait taken. Like, we don't really do that that much. I feel like culturally, that's not really a thing for us. And I think that's part of why, like, when Black couples get married, they hire, like, the biggest, baddest, like, magazine type of photographer who will, like, mm-hmm. airbrush them to perfection because we just don't really have a lot of professional photos of ourselves taken. Yeah. So... I feel like having a portrait studio is such a good idea because it takes it a step further than just a photo booth. And you get to have that one-on-one interaction with a photographer and get better quality photos than Mm -hmm. what you get in a booth. And I think that that keepsake is just so powerful to have. Um, As a guest, if I showed up and saw a portrait studio, I might start crying. Like, that would be a dream. (laughs) Yes, finally. (laughs) <sighs> like, if there was a couch and like draping, like, oh, please, I would be so happy. A note is beautiful too. Don't get me wrong. If you right. did a note at your wedding, that's very thoughtful and it's much more thought than I would say most people put into their weddings. And so, the people who received those notes really did like read them and feel touched. It's hard not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a guest, if I had a choice, it would be the portrait studio.
2: Okay. Tania, what about you? I am doing the same because I am not writing.
1: This is not about you writing. <laughs> this is I what you were saying. That. I, I understand is... that. Okay. Yes, <laughs> you don't have to write anything. <laughs> right. She's already like, nope, that's really no,
2: that's too much work. That missing. is too much work. Granted, I know Ashley, she wrote everyone like this beautiful, like she like printed our picture and then on the back, like she wrote us like a handwritten note. And I thought that was super sweet. It but is really sweet. My hand would have been hurting. And so I would have been like, Ugh. but it was very, very sweet. I'm so happy that I received mine. Mine is actually hanging, not hanging up, but you know, it's, you know, it's displayed. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's nice, but I definitely want a portrait studio. (laughs) Goodness,
0: (laughs) you know what? I will just for, just to be contrarian, I'm going to go with the note, even though I love the portrait idea as well. I love them both. I love them both. Portrait one you're already looking good. You got your yeah. makeup on, your hair yes. is done. Like it's the perfect time to get a free photo. Yes. I mean, seriously, like it's the perfect time to like, just take in this moment in the keepsake will mean so much more years down the line. Even if you have a falling out with that person, can you imagine you still look good and that picture is still hanging up on your fridge, right. or you like printed it and it's in a frame somewhere. And it's like, it doesn't matter Get your solo photos, guests. Yes. Hey, yes. If you're listening and someone does something like that, it's cool to take maybe a picture with like the couple, but like get one with yourself just in case yeah. y'all fall out.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> take advantage of the professional photographer. For sure. Also, like when you're a wedding guest, you can ask the photographer to take pictures of you. I feel like some people like are not sure if that's okay to do. It's like a faux pas. You have to wait for the photographer to come to you. Like you don't have to do, you can ask the photographer to take a picture of you anytime. You don't have to like, don't make it like a whole thing. Yeah. Don't try to have a shoot, but you can always ask the photographer to get a picture of you, especially if you're with a couple or you're with other wedding guests because when you as the person who got married looks back at the album you're Mm -hmm. going to see so many pictures that you didn't know were taken and it's so fun to see photos of your friends and family members having a good time so get the professional photos
0: that was a gym period that was a gym everybody (laughs) that away um all right so round two would you prefer to select a wedding venue based on the amount of guests you're estimating you're going to invite or limiting your guest count based on the venue you selected
1: (sighs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) that's rough if it were really my dream venue i would limit the guest count to three if i had to (laughs) i'd be like look it's me right my partner my man my sister my mama if dogs can't come, my dog can stay home. That's fine. Like, I <laughs> man can have like two people, maybe three. That's fine. Like, yeah. if it's if it is the dream, then you can't find anything else like it. Can't imagine myself getting married anywhere else. Then that's just going to have to to work.
0: That's what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. OK. That's <laughs> tough, though.
0: It is. Tania, what would you do? Well, I feel like I know what you would do. You kind of did it, but
2: <laughs> yeah. So I would base my venue on my guest count. I think we ha- I think we invited three hundred, and so my Yeah, I know. Like roughly two hundred fifty. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like a little under that came, and so um, and so. Yeah, we knew that we were going to have a large event, and um, yeah, so we needed a large venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Sometimes you gotta.
2: Yeah, but that's, exactly. We'll get into that. All right, Ashley. Uh, what, what would you choose? Yeah.
0: So I'm going to go with Allison and select the venue based on the number of people. Though that's not what I did in real life. But
1: it's easier said than done. I'm not married
0: for context.
1: <laughs> it's It's
0: perfectly fine.
1: I mean, <laughs> like,
0: also, I was a COVID casualty. To an extent. So initially 2019 planning larger guest count mm-hmm. 2021 reality of having the actual wedding. Yeah. Significantly reduced, but too late. We have this venue space, but I mean, it worked out. It was a beautiful space. Um But as y'all all know, we are here to talk about this guest list because it is always going to be the thing that your planners are going to want you to trim down. But honestly, thinking about it from the perspective of someone that not only had one wedding, technically two, um, and then of course attended Tanise and was actively working at <laughs> Tanise as her um, MOH, there is so much to like putting together the guest list and then Mm -hmm. really looking and identifying why are these people on this list and who Mm -hmm. should really get that final invitation or receive the save the date or low key both. But, you know, so (laughs) we want to talk about all of that, especially if you are one of the ones that's trying to figure out how do I trim back my list or how do I make my list a little bit more meaningful rather. Mm -hmm. So we will start it out with just a really basic question that is, what is the benefit like of cutting the guest list? like, As the bride and groom or the marriers or what have you,
1: mm-hmm. what do they get out of it? So <laughs> I think <laughs> one thing that I've noticed kind of trending in a positive way is how people talk about budgets. And I think it's so important to give context to a budget number by talking about the guest count, because if you have $100,000 and you're inviting 500 people, it might get a little dicey for you when you're trying to figure out how to feed everybody, Mm -hmm. what kind of florals you can do on all the tables, how much you can upgrade your bar. But if you have $100,000 and 10 people, your wedding is going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I think when I'm talking to couples, when I'm just talking about weddings in general, I'm always talking about per person budgets. I'm saying to my clients, hey, you want to hang around, I don't know, 500 a person, a thousand a person for this event during your wedding weekend or for your wedding weekend overall because that will allow you to do more with the overall budget that you have. I feel like sometimes people can get confused by that like well, why is it? Why are you talking about the budget on a per person level if not everything is per person? Like, does the florist charge per person? Well, no, but you're Mm going to spend more on flowers if you have more people. You know, if you have more people, you have more tables that need decor. You have a bigger room. And if you're doing an installation, that installation will probably be larger. You'll have more bars if you want to put floral pieces on the bars. That's going to cost you more if you have 200 people versus 100 people. Um, And so considering your per-person budget is huge. And so if you are able to trim your budget significantly, your per-person budget goes up. And that's what we're trying to see happen because you can go from kind of, Taking what is available to you, say, from your venue, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, you can use in-house furniture, you can go with like the standard bar package, that sort of thing. But if you are able to throw a little bit more at the per person budget, then you can start to say things like, oh, I want to do an upgraded chair. I want to do lounge furniture. I want to do premium open bar. Um, I want to get a bigger band, like all of those opportunity, not opportunities, but all those options start to open up to you if you're able to trim your guest count. And so I'm always telling my my clients, if you can cut your guest count, if there are people who you have in your invite list that you're like kind of iffy about, you don't really want to invite them. You're just feeling like you have to do like people pleasing. Don't just don't don't invite them. You don't have to invite everybody. You don't owe anybody anything when it comes to something like this. So the guest count and the budget are tied together in a way that you cannot separate. And that is kind of like how I pretty much start all my budget conversations with clients now. But I think
0: even in that, I caught a piece that underlining that, of course, like budget, that's always going to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the guest experience that was in there as well. Because if you have less people, you got more money and, you know, more space to do things Mm -hmm. to make it a better experience for the people that you have intentionally asked and wanted to be there to Mm -hmm. witness this, you know, you enter this new stage of your life. Um, And so. Exactly. Mental note there.
2: Yes. (laughs) How do we end up with a large guest list in the first place? I know how I ended up with mine, but how do people end up with, you know, a large guest list?
1: So, you know, I was talking, I was talking to a couple about this recently and we started talking about people pleasing. And I think there is a lot of that, especially for women, for older sisters, (laughs) um, for people who have been to a lot of weddings in the past, um, who feel like they have certain responsibilities they need to fulfill by having certain people at their weddings, people who have very large families, family traditions of going to everybody else's weddings. There's so many different things at play. And, If you also age is a factor as well, if you're getting married at 25, chances are you're not going to have as many people in your pool of friends to pull from as if you were getting married at 45. So at a certain point, if you really listed out every single person that you would want to see at a party, the list could get pretty long. (laughs) But then when you add the layers to it that kind of give it more context, then you can start to say, well, maybe it would be awkward if my coworker that I eat lunch with every day was at my small wedding with my best friends and family members. You know, like maybe it doesn't make sense to invite my best friend from childhood because I haven't really spoken to them in like 15 years it would be cool to see them there and like get a picture with them and like have them be part of this moment but would it really make sense for them to be there would they have a good time there would they feel comfortable there's just so much to consider but it's very easy to list every single person you can think of (laughs) because we just we the older we get, the the more full our lives become with people and experiences. And so mm-hmm. it, it's easy to have a list of 500 people that you have to whittle down rather than a list of 20 people. And you're trying to think, well, who else can I add? Because my venue is too big for just this little tiny group. <laughs> feel like Even for like get- your birthday oh. party, you know, uh-huh. like or a trip or something like that, like uh-huh. a, a life. Moment, a life experience, something that is important to you where you want to see the people that you love, it can be really difficult to say, like, okay, well, I can only do 10 people in this private dining room for my birthday dinner. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't invite everybody that I go out for drinks with after work, you know? Yeah. It's hard, but I think it is, I think you have to do less explaining now than you had to do before COVID. Put it that way. That's true.
2: Um, so why do you think it's hard for us to scale back? (laughs) There's so many reasons. I know, I know. (laughs) I
1: think, I think like, (laughs) I think I touched on it a little bit, but like, it's, it's hard because you want to include people in this moment. Like sometimes people's motivations are different, but I think when it comes down to it, you think about your wedding and you want to have people there with you to experience it with you. Maybe some of it is like, I want to show off and I want these people to see like, how amazing this party is going to be but maybe it's also just like i think that my friends deserve to be part of a celebration and have a good time like this and be treated to this amazing food and this ridiculous dj that i found you know what i mean like you want to gather with your people, that's just, that's like one of the best parts of the human experience is is gathering with people that you love. So it's really hard to sit down and look at your spreadsheet of people and, and say to yourself, yeah. well, these people are cool and everything, but like, maybe let's just, let's not. it's really (laughs) hard. And then again, to get back to like obligations that I think a lot of us feel, especially as, as women, as black women, Mm -hmm. like we, we kind of feel like we have to be everything to everybody. And that includes, I think, including them in celebrations and parties and, and life milestones, even if they don't really need to be there. If we don't have relationships with them, if we weren't included in their life milestones, I think sometimes it can be hard to say like, yeah, that's my cousin, but like, we're not really cool like that. So she doesn't really need to come to this wedding. And if I texted her, she probably doesn't have my number saved in her phone. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can, you can have I mean, those thoughts real. about your cousin. Yeah. You can yeah. have those thoughts about your cousin, but your mom is probably still going to tell you that your cousin has to come. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? Do you have a relationship with your mom where you can say like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that though," <laughs> a lot or of us what don't. if your
2: mom is contributing to the that, yes. wedding and she's like, "Well, I'm paying for this, this, and this, and this, so you better exactly,
1: you know. <laughs> exactly." That is is a, a difficult conversation to navigate too. Like you have to figure out how much you're willing to compromise and how much you're you're willing to just take. And sometimes, if you disagree enough with the person who's contributing, maybe it means that you don't accept their contributions or you don't accept as much and you figure something else out if they really are pushing you to a place that makes you uncomfortable. And again, that's easier said than done., um, but it's an option, you know? If you're being pushed by your parents to invite people that you haven't seen since you were a teenager, you can tell them like, that's not, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with that. And I understand yeah. if, if you want to take a step back from, from this process, planning weddings is fun and it's cute, but it's also really intense. It can bring out the worst in people. It leads to a lot of difficult conversations that we don't really have very often. We don't really talk about money. We don't really talk about interpersonal relationships, family dynamics. These are things that we try our best to avoid. <laughs> and So... There are a lot of hard conversations involved in wedding planning. However, it is worth standing up for yourself, even if this is the first time, because once you are married, you you have a different type of autonomy that you maybe didn't have before. And you have to be able to be your own person. So it's hard, but I think it's necessary. and. If your mama is adamant about inviting all of her girlfriends from her bridge club or whatever, I don't know what aunties do, really, because I'm an auntie now. So everything I say sounds like things that people in their 90s do, probably, because I still haven't adjusted to, like, being an auntie. If your auntie wants to invite everybody from her group chat, or your mama rather, if your mama wants to invite everybody from her group chat... (laughs) <laughs> and you don't know those ladies and you know she just wants them to come so they can see how beautiful you are and how cute your husband is, like you might have to you might have to check her a little bit. and It's probably gonna be awkward because it always is when you're a black woman and you have to tell your mama to, to sit down. Um, however okay. you you kinda have to you kinda have to do it. <laughs> or you have to figure out how you can be okay with the whole group chat being there. What does that look like for you? Do they have their own table that's all the way back in the corner next to the bathroom? Maybe. (laughs) Um, Also, does your mama understand that, like, adding five people to the guest list, 10 people here, 12 people here to the guest list from all these, like, random corners of her life, does she understand the impact that has on the the party? Does she know that by doing that, you are not going to be able to afford to have the flashy DJ that she got so excited about or the flowers that she really thought were beautiful for your arrangements? Does she get that part? Because sometimes that can help make decisions too. If you're very real with your mom and you're like, look, I know that you want to invite these 45 people that I don't really feel that strongly about, but with those 45 people, that means we can only spend X amount and we have to cut X, Y, Z thing. Maybe that is is what's going to help you get her on your side a little bit. Um, and I have seen that work in the past. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to meet people where they are. And that means letting them know, like, I know you wanted me to have peonies everywhere, but we can't afford Uh peonies if all of your friends from your graduating class in 1975 are coming. I don't know those people. So do we want to have everybody from your HBCU there? Or do we want to have surf and turf? Because you have to pick one. Sometimes she will throw <laughs> sometimes she will throw all those people under the bus because she wants to get Boy. um DJ 1942 on the bar. You never know. Imagine but you know your mama in conversation though. Imagine I know. not have this conversation. <laughs> it's so hard to navigate. You got to prepare for you got to prepare for it. You got oh, to you know your numbers so that you can really get in and sit, get in there and say, "Mom, Real talk, we cannot afford to upgrade the budget for 150 people. We can upgrade it for 125. And the difference is, I don't know, five thousand dollars. Are you okay with that? You know? And she might say, Yeah, I'm fine with that. We don't need it to be fancy, but I really need Gladys to be there. Then you have to figure out another approach. But you have to be able to have those types of conversations because that's that's what it comes down to. It's like there's a context of, of being in the room with these people that is important. And sometimes certain people in the room can throw off a vibe that you're going after that you cannot overstate that. Um, but also like sometimes it, it means spending money that you don't really have or you don't really want to spend or spending money on things that you don't think are really necessary.
0: So the big question that always comes up when uh-huh. you're looking and, coming up with this guest list, whether it's your own internal questions, or it's other people that are assuming they're coming Mm -hmm. or know they're coming, it Mm -hmm. always boils down to the plus ones. Mm -hmm. How do we factor that in? Like, what (laughs) is the thing that we should consider when either extending a plus one or trimming back on the plus ones that Mm -hmm. we've given, if that makes
1: sense? It does. So plus ones can get out of control quickly, obviously. If you give everybody a plus one, your guest list just doubled. And that's not a huge deal if you invited 40 people, but it's a huge deal if you invited 100 people, 150 people. If you go from 150 guests to 300 guests, you probably can't fit in your venue anymore. So giving everybody a plus one is not always feasible. I think you should take your guest list into account. I think that you should take your destination into account and how many people are traveling. I do feel like if you're inviting people who are traveling far distances, you should give them a plus one. I think getting invited to a destination wedding, traveling for half a day, a full day alone, going to a wedding alone is kind of a bummer. I think if you're bringing a partner with you, even if it's somebody that you've only been dating for like a few months, I think if it's a destination wedding, you should be able to bring them to the wedding. They came all this way. Just, they should be able to come. Um, I also think when it's a smaller guest count, chances are pretty strong that you trust the people you've invited enough to not bring a problematic plus one. Um, Because I think that's the fear. Like, okay, on one hand, a plus one is more expensive and I got to pay for this person I don't really know. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if it's just somebody that she met yesterday, On Tinder, somebody that loves and respects you is probably not going to do that to you. If you are afraid that they will do that to you, should they be coming to your wedding? (laughs) Maybe not. That's the one. I think also, like, it's it's a case-by-case basis. It can be really hard to say, oh, we're going to give plus ones to everybody. Um, instead, you can think, all right, well, obviously we'll give plus ones to the people who are married, people who are in serious relationships. The rule of plus ones to couples that live together, even if they aren't married, is pretty popular. I think that's a good rule to have. Um, but I think, like, if you have single friends, you can give them a plus one, even if they decline it. I think it's nice to extend it. Your cousins and all that, chances are they're coming and they already know everybody who's going to be there. And they may not want to bring somebody that they're only just starting to date. They don't need a plus one. If you're inviting like a big group of friends, you know, they're all coming together. They may not need plus ones if they're all single. It's important to consider like the, the context for each person, but I'm definitely Of the opinion that if you can afford to give people plus ones, even if you know they're single, you should give them the plus one. Because even if they decline it, they will appreciate that you extended that to them and you thought about their comfort and experience. Because sometimes going to weddings alone as a single person, if you're like just starting to date someone, can be kind of a bummer.
0: Especially too, probably if you're older, Mm -hmm. right? And you're like, hmm, still single. Or wish I was at that point, but it hasn't happened yet. So you could probably get in your feelings a little bit about being the single person at the wedding.
1: Yeah. Or I think sometimes people can get offended when you don't include a plus one for them and they have somebody that they've dated for like maybe six months or a year. Maybe you misunderstood the seriousness of their relationship or maybe they haven't really shared as much. Yeah, maybe they haven't shared as much about the relationship with you as they could have, but that person still means a lot to them. And Mm -hmm. of course, they know that they can't ask you for a plus one. So then it puts them in an awkward position and there could be some resentment there. So I think if you're able to do it, you should extend them. I would say if it came down to extending plus ones or inviting like the third, fourth, fifth tier people on your guest list, give the first and second tier people plus ones.
2: Yeah. I know I, I gave plus ones to all my friends who I knew that, like, they weren't dating anyone, um, but I knew that they were going to come to the wedding. And so mm-hmm. I gave them that option because I definitely did not want them to, like, sit alone. Granted, you're not alone, but, like, right. when you feel like if there's, like, family there, they're talking to the family. You know, yes. if if there's, like, friends there that are married, they're usually with their husbands or with yes. their wives or whatever. And so I've been that person who has gone to a wedding by myself and it is not fun. Granted, you know, I went because I love that person. And Mm -hmm. that's like the only person that I knew, like was Mm -hmm. the um, person that was getting married. And so, that's hard. yeah, I mean, I didn't, (laughs) I mean, granted, it was a beautiful wedding, but Mm -hmm. it was just like, all right, you know, of course you make friends with like the people that you sit with or whatever, but it's not, it's not the same. It's It's not not the same. same. So I definitely no. gave plus ones to all my people that I knew that were like single and coming, you know, and I was like, Hey, if you really want to invite someone, here's plus one. Because I know how it is. I know how you feel. I've been there before. And so, yeah,
1: it's very kind, but I understand
2: that's not everyone's situation.
1: Right. Everyone
2: can't afford to have all these people because like you said, per person, you know, mm-hmm. so that includes the food, the florals the utensils (laughs) Mm -hmm. everything everything and some people
0: just don't want to extend it either it's not even always a like an affording thing it's a I don't know this person (laughs) or like or that's fair like oh this person has always had like really bad relationships and like oh so you're so head head over heels in love with this person but y'all have only been together like Six months, just Mm -hmm. like the last one, just like the last one. Like I don't want to put you like extend the invite, and now I see you in the pictures. And here we are a year later, or however long it takes to even get the photos back, and you're not even with that person anymore. So
1: what was the point? What
0: was
1: the point? But I think that's why it should be case by case, right? (laughs) Like if as you're going through your guest list, you see that name of that person who always brings like the the random partner around, yeah. Yeah. Let's not, she, she doesn't need a plus one. Right. The funny thing is,
0: (laughs) the funny thing is, so we start planning 2019. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I originally had on the list, they were not in a relationship. By the time Mm -hmm. we pushed off the wedding
1: and then,
0: you know, had it like end of 21, Mm -hmm. almost two years later, these folks have been in committed relationships for almost a year, over a year now.
1: Yep. Fast forward Your to kids. now, these mm-hmm. jokers ain't there no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's over. It's over.
0: What? Like, <laughs> so now as I'm just, going like, through the know. pictures or like, you know, posting like on Instagram or whatever for birthdays and stuff like that, I'm like, let me crop yes this, because this joker right here,
1: he, he's not even in the picture. We don't mention his name anymore.
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: We left him in 2020. Yeah.
0: We yeah. did. We did. Um Okay. Do you have any tips or like best practices or any like rule of thumbs for us to kind of use when even working on our guest list? Like, okay, if this this, then no. Or if this this, then yes. Or maybe.
1: Yeah. So use Google Docs or Google Sheets. Use Google Sheets for this. And Share the Google Sheet with your partner only at first because I have seen it go left when the Google Sheet is out to the parents, the siblings, the best friends. Don't do that. Don't do that. Wait until you feel very good about your list, and then only then can you even consider adding other people to it. Add every single person you think that you might want to invite everyone, your friends, acquaintances. People from work, people from college, people from the neighborhood growing up, whatever, add everybody and categorize them. So you want to have categories like your name, friend, your name, coworker, your name, family. You can even drill down and say your name, immediate family, your name, extended family, your name, like family, like you want to be very specific about your groups and then you want to get into filtering this spreadsheet like it's for work. Like you want to look at every single category of people and figure out if you really want to have those people there. I don't really love the advice of having a tiered list and like slowly releasing invites to those tiers because I think that gets sloppy very quick quickly and it makes you look bad ultimately. Uh-huh. people talk too much for that to to work because somebody's going to say i got invited and somebody's right. gonna say why is my invite so late right i must have been on the d list and then that's the whole thing you never sort of invited the d list person anyway anyway you you should though you should be able to like set up your guest list so you know like these people have to come these are definites and then like filter it even further so say like these people are definites these people are nice to have. These people uh, could go either way and sit down with your partner and go through all of it. Because if your partner has people on the list that they have listed as their close friends and you don't know who those people are, are they really close friends? If you've never heard of some of the people. If you haven't spoken to the people in a while, if you text that person and they would probably ask, who is this? If you can't text the person because you don't have their phone number, you only DM them on Instagram, all of those things are worth considering. You know, like how close are you really to that person? And that may not matter if you're having a 500,000 person wedding, which is a real thing in many cultures. But if you're having a 100 person wedding, a 50 person wedding, you need to know those 50 people inside and out. You need to know where they live, where they used to live. You need to know their pets names. You need to know their middle names. You need to know all about those people. And if you don't know all about those people, then maybe they aren't as close to you as you thought. And you have to, you got to cut yeah, snip snip. Also, this is true with pretty much everything Related to your wedding, if you are keeping the conversations between you, your partner, and maybe like a very close inner circle, nobody at your wedding is really going to know all the things that you considered before you landed on the things that they see when they arrive. Nobody is going to be like, oh my God, they definitely should have picked the pink flowers instead of The yellow flowers. Nobody is going to say, like, why did they pick this fish entree? They should have picked the chicken entree or they should have picked a different preparation of this chicken. No one's going to say that because nobody is thinking about those details and nobody knows the options that were in front of you when you made the choices that you made. So I think sometimes it can be hard to get to a crossroads to be faced with decisions and think that everything in front of you is a great option or not know how someone's going to feel if they don't make the final cut. But chances are (laughs) it's not going to affect them in any meaningful way. And so you can't lose sleep over it. You just can't. Like I've had couples have total meltdowns over what color napkin to use. And I'm like, look, you don't have to choose a color. I can choose the color for you if you want. Or we could just do white. Nobody's going to show up and be like they should have done, they should have done the the gray napkin, they should have gotten cream instead of bright white because the bright white is not working. And if anybody does show up and say stuff like that, then those people don't love you anyway, you know? Those are not your people. People who show up and judge you like that at your wedding are not your people. And I would argue that they shouldn't have made the cut in the first place. So that's a different thing. Sometimes you just have to invite those people that are going to hate on everything, but best-case scenario, just never mail them their invitation. They shouldn't be there if they're going to hate on you like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. <laughs> More than 100%.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they should not be there. Because, I mean, just like any event that you go to, you go to a concert, you go to a party, you go to a restaurant for the first time, you walk in and you you take in the experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. you don't necessarily walk into a birthday party and think like why would they pick this chair? why would they set these tables up like this? why would they have a round table instead of a rectangle? why would they have this flower arrangement in this place? nobody people don't people don't think about things in that way. People don't walk into places and have that kind of thought process. They walk into a party, they hear the music, they see the lighting. Somebody walks by and hands them a cocktail. Like they are having a good time, and that's that's how they feel. It's more mm-hmm. of a feeling than it is like a nitpick. Like the the linens aren't touching the floor, and that's a problem. Like that's it's not right. that's not how people take in these types of events. Some people work in weddings, and we show up, and that stuff just pops in our minds. And we can't help it, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's not how that's not how normal people function. Um, you walk in and you're like, this is amazing. I love it. I'm so glad that I'm here. And when you're talking about your guest count, you want everybody to have that feeling. And sometimes when you get invited to a wedding, you're not sure why you got invited. You go anywhere. You go in and you're like, this is weird. This is awkward. Who are these people? I don't even know this couple that well. Like, I only came because it was near my house. Like, that's not what you want people to feel. You want people to walk in and be like, I'm so glad that I am here in this room for this moment. And you want them to cry at your ceremony and then come up to you at the reception and tell you that they love you and they can't, they couldn't be any happier for you. That Those are the people that you want in the room at your wedding.
0: I agree. The people that won't be stressed about whether they get the invite or not are the ones that usually deserve it.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, the people who... Are like either way going to be happy and celebrate and send you like a bunch of celebratory emojis? Like mm-hmm. those are the people. Those are your people. Mm-hmm. People who aren't going to hold a grudge because they didn't get invited. People who aren't going to assume that you invited everybody but them. Those are your people.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. So we finally made it to our final question. And <laughs> honestly, we could really go on for days because <laughs> this is just an ever-ending thing that we just have to like process and work through. Yes. But if you were to give advice to say it is a couple that got engaged within the last three months, they Mm -hmm. haven't started planning, they don't know what they're going to do. They're just Mm -hmm. still basking in it.
1: Mm -hmm. What
0: is one thing you would want to leave them with as it relates to the guest list or just in general with wedding bling
1: oh there are so many things I want to say <laughs> I talk a lot as you may have noticed um, <laughs> I think when it comes down to it there are a lot of expectations that the wedding industry places on recently engaged people and almost none of them are reasonable or fair um, just okay. because you are engaged doesn't mean that you know anything about cakes, that you have an opinion on the type of venue that you want, that you have a theme or colors in mind, that you know how to interview a floral designer. Like Those aren't things that most people know how to do, but I think the wedding industry kind of just puts a lot of expectation on couples that is is just not really reasonable. And so if you just got engaged and you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the questions people are asking you, that's totally normal. That that's that's part of it. And the questions that are coming from people around you that love you are just out of excitement. They're not trying to put pressure on you. They really are just like super hyped to see this come together for you. And the questions that are coming from the people in the wedding industry that you start to engage with are really just to learn more about you. And I think sometimes the approach can feel like you are unprepared when you get on phone calls or when you're emailing with with wedding vendors. But it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to just say that you want to have a beautiful party or you want to have a party where people have a great time or you want to honor certain traditions that are important to you and your culture. Like it's okay to just say that and have that be everything that you can share in the moment. And over time, you'll learn more about what you like and what speaks to you and what matters to you. But you don't have to have all the answers right now. And it's okay. If you don't have them and you want to get married in the next year or the next six months, you find the right team. They can help you figure it out. Wonderful. That was perfect. That was <laughs> great. really great. Yeah, it really Thank was. You. It really was. All right. Great. So now we're going to move into wedding vendor love. Yes. Allison, who would you like to shout out this week? First shout out is Sasha Matthews. She is a photographer. She is also in Charlotte, but she primarily works pretty much all over the Southeast, East Coast. She'll go anywhere with you. And she is incredible. She is super talented. She flies under the radar a little bit, I think. She is easygoing. She is friendly. I think those are things that are really important qualities for your photographer to have, Um, especially if you're not a super outgoing person yourself. You don't want to feel like your photographer is overshadowing you. (laughs) You don't want to feel like your photographer is like pressuring you to be a certain way. You want them to help bring the best out of you, but also kind of let you do your thing. Seisha is great for that. And her work is phenomenal. Um, Can't recommend her enough. She's like one of my favorites. So that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation, similar, is for video. I love KEJ Productions. That is a husband and wife team. And they do film. They have ridiculous backgrounds. They are very skilled and trained in the technical aspects of filmmaking, which is kind of hard to find. If you have done any research on (laughs) wedding films and videography, it's easy to find a lot that just aren't very good. Um, And it's also easy to find a lot that feel very formulaic. They have the exact same... Kind of layout of clips and overlay Mm -hmm. of audio. And I learned recently that a lot of them really do use templates for that. And you, they're templated and that's why they all seem exactly the same. But KEJ, they they just, their work is just so, so good. Yeah. And you can feel the emotion coming through the work. And even though you can tell that the work is theirs, the films feel very unique and they feel like they reflect the couple. Um, and I think that that's something that is not easy to do. I'm also a huge proponent of hiring video, hiring a film team, because it's one thing to have beautiful photos. And I think pretty much everybody's on the same page in wanting beautiful photos. But I think when it comes to video and film, people can kind of say, well, I don't really need that. Or like, I'm not going to watch that. At one, one time, I did have a couple say like, we're not going to like cue that up like Netflix or anything. Like we don't really need a video. And I was like, no, nobody's, nobody's really watching their wedding video like Netflix. However, (laughs) wedding videos are not for you. They're for the people who come after you. And if you think about your parents or your grandparents or people who are important in your life, if you have wedding video of them, you're very fortunate because a lot of us don't. And if you did, it would just be so amazing to see. I would love to see video of my parents wedding. You know, I would love to see video of my grandparents weddings and we don't have that. There's something so special about being able to see people come alive and move and hear them speak and their mannerisms all of that. Like we have those memories but we don't have
2: mm-hmm. those videos.
1: And so I think that video is a non-negotiable and it should be Right in line as far as the budget goes, as your photographer. I think that's also a hot take for some people, but I think video and photography go hand in hand on the budget. I think KEJ is just like among the best that you can get, and it's worth it to invest in that. So that's my second. And then my third is Honey and Vinyl, Kiana Quinn. She is a sonic sommelier. She has, she's a musician herself and she can put together pretty much any kind of musical entertainment you want. She sings, she'll bring a band, she'll put together a band for you, but then she'll also like curate your entire musical experience for your entire wedding to tell a story based on you, your taste, your vibe. So she has something incredibly unique to offer and she's so talented she's so cool. <laughs> and I feel like whenever I get to interact with her it's like being like in the same room with a celebrity but she's so down to earth and she's so chill but she's just like so talented. And I think in general I'm just in awe of people who have musical talent. That's just something that's always been amazing to me, but that's what she does for people is something that a lot of people don't know is possible. But it adds so much dimension to your event because when you're talking about events, you're talking about thinking of appealing to all five senses. And I think a lot of times people are like, I want a really good DJ or I want a really good band. But they don't think about how it can all be cohesive together. And that's exactly what she focuses on.
2: Love that. Yes, I love this entire vendor love segment
1: that you gave Yes. Did. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love to shout people out. <laughs> <laughs> people find I our adventures
0: through this app. so thank you yeah. for that and KJ, yeah, yes. oh my gosh yes their <sighs> work is beautiful
1: it's um, just like next somebody level. I
0: followed on uh wedding tiktok used them last year and when their <sighs> teaser came oh or I can't remember if it was a teaser or their video like whatever they ended up posting last year on instagram I was like not me crying in the club like it yes. was just beautiful you you felt the emotion and Mm -hmm. i hate with everything in me how cheesy videography is it's like especially with black weddings i i can (laughs) i can go on so we're not gonna that may be an episode i For another time. I I hate I hate how sometimes wedding media can strip the personality of the wedding away. Um, but we'll talk about that in another time. So (laughs) Alison, where can people find you if they want to know more, if they want to, you know, book you, or if they just wanna like do a deep dive. Maybe they're not even engaged. They're just like, I love this conversation. I want to know more. Where can the good people find you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I would say start on davisrow.com that is where all the good links live so we're there and then instagram is great we're at Davis Row trying to be more consistently active on Instagram. It is a work in progress. It's hard. Um, I'm on TikTok sometimes, mostly watching TikTok and not really using it, but that's at Davis Row as well. But yeah, those are the big ones. And then if you want to just like reach out to me, you can always email me. I'm Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N at davisrow.com. And I love to help people just like get started and figure it out. Like, even if you think that you're going to have a teeny tiny elopement in your backyard and you're just like not really sure where to start, I'll talk to you about it. Um, I think it's important for wedding planners in particular to spend time helping to demystify this industry for people um, and to be approachable as, as much as we can. And so uh, my, my inbox is open. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you both. This was great. I I was just so excited when I got the invitation from you. It's like, oh my God, they see me. They want me to be on their show. I love it. Um, <laughs> it just, I'm really honored to have been invited and excited that I was able to talk about a topic that I, I love so much, which is cutting guest lists. <laughs> 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 All right, bye y'all. All, All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Don't forget
0: to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is h u i d o I Do Wed, or at Hue I Do Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huido.com. There, you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Hue I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride to bees and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Hue I Do speaks to you.